Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company. The 5 o'clock hour is here on a Friday. Your week is over. Why not spend an hour with the organic doofus, Adam Hill, Adam Candy, Ari back to Findlay Toyota Studios. Adam is at the Golden Circle at the TI for the VGK Watch Party. Drink specials, food specials. The Golden Knights are taking on the Anaheim, don't call them, Mighty Ducks in a couple of hours. Got plenty of time to get down there. Easy access to the parking at TI and go blow off a little steam on your Friday evening. Lots going on today. Dr. Anthony Fauci has given his most important interview to date. We're going to talk plenty about that, and we have lots of NFL news as well. Let's get into the Big Five. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Adam, there are news items that make me very happy. There are news items that make me very, very sad. And then there are news items that just give me the biggest S-eating grin that you could possibly imagine. And this one falls into the latter category. Okay. A-Rod and J-Lo are no more. It's over. It's over. Uh, Is it over, over? Well, maybe not for business purposes, but in terms of whose bed we're sleeping in, it appears that it's over. Um, A-Rod and J-Lo are no more, and it appears that it was not A-Rod's doing. It appears this is more from the J-Lo uh, side of things. I I have not enjoyed the A-Rod renaissance at all. I have not enjoyed the whitewashing of his entire career as a drug cheat and a liar. Uh, and so I always looked at the J-Lo thing and thought to myself, ah, yeah, here we go. This guy wins again. Uh but Adam, it sounds like he's a little bit sad over the whole thing. It sounds like sounds like A Rod might have some real tears. Well, yeah, and, and this is a very confusing one because, listen, I have never been part of a like celebrity couple. I mean, I, I'm not a celebrity, so I can't be. I don't think you've been part of a celebrity couple. I know Ari hasn't. Um, so I don't know how these things work. Like when you have to put out joint statements about your relationship coming to an end, it's a very weird thing. Uh, but you would think if you put out a joint statement that your relationship is over, that you'd be on the same page. And I don't know if that was the case here because A-Rod put out like an Instagram story with some with some like kind of love music. And it was almost like, hey, look, we're together. I, we're in love, we're happy, we're making things work, because it was kind of public a couple weeks ago they were breaking up, and then it was like, okay, they're going to work on some things. And then A-Rod put out this very lovey-dovey romantic post, and then less than 24 hours later, there's a quote-unquote joint statement that their relationship is over. Did he know that was coming? Like, did he have any idea that he, that this statement about their relationship being over was coming? I don't think he did. I, I mean, let's not go full Us Magazine here, but if he didn't know it was coming, 
given Jennifer Lopez personal history, it wouldn't be shocking. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, Jennifer Lopez has kind of taken LeBron's former approach to contracts when it comes to men. Like, you just keep signing a one-year deal and come back next time. And this looked like it was going to be the four-year deal with the Lakers uh, for J-Lo with A-Rod. And then it didn't. And Puppy Dog A-Rod, that Instagram story you mentioned, oh, man, all he was missing was some 90s R&B over that stuff. Like, that was terrible. Awful. Like, like, have a little self-respect, man. That was awful. Would it have been better or worse if he would have used, like, one of her songs? Oh, my God. What if he was playing <laughs> Jenny on the Block over it? I mean, I was, I was thinking, I was actually trying to think, yes, I, I knew where you were going. Thank I was you. thinking if she has, like, a sad, sad song. She really doesn't. Like, I feel like all of her hits are kind of upbeat, like, dance songs. So it would have been kind of weird to put, like, a, a lovey-dovey post to one of those. I but think it would have been great if she had responded by putting out an Instagram story where, like, she was taking every picture that she had of him and just putting it straight in the trash. You know what I mean? And, like, love, you know, my love don't cost a thing going over the top of it. That would be fantastic. But Did then you? again, there's, there's very little that could happen negatively to A-Rod that I wouldn't celebrate. And so I, I feel like maybe I'm not the right person to consult here. Wait, uh... Did what just happen here? Is that that you know two J Lo songs and you decided to work them both into this conversation? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, if you ask so. for a third, this whole thing's I thought, over. I thought so. Number four. Number four. What would have happened if J Rod, A Lo, whatever we, we might have called it, what, what, what would have happened if J Rod would have successfully purchased the New York Mets? Uh, because they were in the ownership group that wanted. To buy the Mets, um, they decided no, no. The Wilpons would rather sell to a shady hedge fund character instead of a shady baseball player and a music superstar. Uh, Adam, the story we saw come out about the New York Mets today, kind of furthering what we already had been hearing about a toxic culture inside the Mets when it comes to their treatment of women. We of course saw the story with Jared Porter, the short-lived GM of the Mets and his disturbing text exchanges with an international reporter. Uh, but this story from The Athletic was was wholly damning about the culture around the Mets. Yeah, and it, it seems like what had happened was that they put someone in place uh, for, you know, for employees and, and personnel within the organization to go report these transgressions to because there were so many of them. And that this person that was in place was really just there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're an office fan. I think you are. I think we've talked about this before. Uh, where you know Dwight would basically file a complaint about Jim every week, and they would just, and then Toby would just keep them in a, in a file that didn't go anywhere. Like that was what was happening with the Mets. Like people were putting all these complaints in about this awful behavior going on around the organization and the, and the, this person that was in place was like, okay, I'm, I'm listening to all your complaints. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm not putting them. I'm not sending them anywhere. I've heard them. I've listened. Uh, it was an ugly culture. We've already known. I mean, the, the, the reports have been leaking out. The, the people have been uh, talking about this and we've been hearing things here and there. But just to get a more complete picture of just how out of control it was and then people thinking, well, okay, uh, I'm, I'm in an uncomfortable place, but I have at least reported this. At least somebody knows what's going on, and they're they're going to be here to help me, right? R right? Right? No. 
Nobody cares. For everything we ever heard about George Steinbrenner and the bullying culture around the New York Yankees, and what I expected, honestly, is a story that came out from the Mets that given the culture of fear that existed around the New York Yankees for as long as it did, I'm kind of surprised this story didn't come out of the Yankees organization, that it came out of the Mets organization. But Sandy Alderson, who has worked for Major League Baseball, who has had... Up until this whole situation, a fairly good reputation around the game comes off looking horrible, absolutely horrible, especially when he gives a quote to the reporter from The Athletic <laughs> so that basically bad. says, well, not everything has to be capital punishment. Well, that's that was, I was just, just going to get to that because it's so ridiculous. When confronted with these reports, his quote was, and you, you summed it up very well, but I'll say it exactly. He said, let me try to make a point as strongly as I can, okay? Not every instance involving men and women in the workplace is a capital offense, okay? Every time something happens, it doesn't mean somebody has to be fired. There are a lot of intermediate steps that can be taken, and we've done that in a variety of cases and have included and have included capital punishment as a consequence in some cases. What? Have they killed did they kill someone? There are bodies buried <laughs> beneath the old Shea Stadium. Does he know what capital punishment means? It's such a mixed metaphor and a horrible one at that to talk about what the death of Jared Porter's career. Yeah, that's that's the least of our situation. And look, Adam, of all shows, this show has been very clear over the years about not jumping immediately to you get fired, not jumping straight from a bad thing happened to you get fired. But there is a pretty wide birth for Sandy Alderson to walk between woke and stupid and yet he seems to have chosen full-blown stupid in this one. Well, also between fired and executed. That also is a problem. <laughs> yes, that also is that also is a bit of a problem. I mean, is it sort of like do they take you out to Yuena Cespedes Ranch and and you end up uh, let the like horse falling, drag you? Yeah, you know, the horse drags you through. Do they take you behind Jeff Kent's truck that he fell off that he was washing and see if uh, you fall really hard if they go fast? Is that what happens around I, the Mets? I would like to know how many people they've killed. Like this seems like a very serious thing. I used to think that the only people the Mets killed were their fans by destroying their souls and their spirit because my father's entire side of the family is Mets fans. They're Mets Jets, and God knows I pity every one of them the same way you were talking about all the Lions fans in your family earlier. Uh, but apparently Sandy Alderson and the Mets not only execute <laughs> careers, they execute people and we don't mean to make light of any of this it's just I that do. the way that they well I don't the way they dealt with this was so farcical the way they talked about the fact that women have had this environment within the Mets organization for years the response was so over the top ludicrous that you have to mock it yeah and I, of course I'm not making light of that situation. no I know I'm it's making light of the of the I, I am making light of the fact that he doesn't seem to know what capital punishment is and I will be stuck on that forever. Number three. Imagine if we had been saying when LeBron James and Anthony Davis went on the injured list. Well, there it is. There's the capital punishment to their careers. <laughs> That's it. We're, they're done. They're done. We're taking them out behind Staples. And, and I mean, well, I mean, let's, let's be fair here. If you do leave LeBron James and Anthony Davis behind Staples Center without security for any length of time, 
all bets are off in downtown Los Angeles. Like, it is not the safest place in the world. But uh, it, it appears that the careers of at least one of those gentlemen is going to get back on track here soon. We know the Lakers have been basically treading water uh, at best for the last few weeks. Anthony Davis is back at practice, uh, cleared to practice, and it can't come any any too soon for Lakers fans who have been watching. <laughs> who did they? I think it was when they were on national TV a couple weeks ago. Didn't they have to use Dennis Schroeder? as the face on the little preview bug. There was like Giannis against Dennis Schroeder for Bucks Lakers. Have to. Uh, I think they should use Schroeder all the time. Really? Just because he pisses off Kyrie? Because for God. me, that Dennis Schroeder would be enough uh, for me just because of the way he gets under Kyrie Irving's skin to be a hero forever. Then again, Pat Beverly is my president and always has been. Uh, so I, I have love for the pests. But good news for the Lakers. Anthony Davis potentially coming back. Are the Lakers still the favorites to win the NBA championship once they get healthy? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, well, I would say they, they are objectively, because on the board they are the favorite. Uh, are they the rightful favorite? Yeah, I think they are. And, and I think the Nets are right there. But are we going to see the Nets all playing together in the playoffs? And, and do they have to all play together at some point to be ready to understand each other and to, to bond and play all as a, as a cohesive unit at some point before then? Like, we're seeing one here, two there. Every once in a while, uh, we'll see them pop in as a, as a full lineup with the Nets. But, I mean, really, it's somebody's out every game, and not just from the big three, like from, from their depth as well. Uh, that's a team that I think all together could absolutely be a threat to win the title, but I just don't know what they are going to be together and if they ever are going to all play uh, on the same floor at the same time, especially with some of the depth pieces that they have there. Uh, but, yeah, I think w when you have LeBron and AD on the same floor together, uh, it's tough to say that that team is not favored. Number two. Golden Knights taking on the Anaheim Ducks later this evening. Uh we talked earlier with VGK pre- and post-game host Darren Millard about the Vancouver Canucks situation. Um, this is a strange one, Adam. Uh, th this is really hard to make heads or tails of because we know the Canucks have been down for weeks with, I don't exaggerate when I say basically their whole roster in the COVID protocol, either by contracting the, the, um, the virus or within contact tracing. And Darren Millard was very clear about saying earlier that, you know what, uh, JT Miller, who spoke out earlier this week and said, yeah, we've only had one practice. We shouldn't have to be coming back. And the league ultimately decided to defer to that and not make the Canucks come back tonight. They were originally scheduled to play this evening. But Darren was pretty clear about the fact and saying, look, in this season, you don't get consideration like that. You don't get just the ability to say, hey, we're not ready. Because plenty of teams, whether it's the Golden Knights with no coaches or the Wild with no players, have had to go out there in worse situations. What do you think about the whole Canucks? Well, I, I understand where they're coming from, for sure, in that they are in a spot where they really can't afford to drop many more games if they want to make the playoffs. They're a couple points behind, and uh, obviously when you try to make up points in a race, if you give up a game here or there just because you're so shorthanded, uh, th those can be costly, critical points. That can be capital punishment to your season. Uh, if you, I'm not well going to let go of this. Well done. Uh, if you if you allow that to happen, so you get why the Canucks are like, hey, every single game we need to be at full strength. This matters. 
But like you look around the league, and as you said, there's there's teams that have had to make do. Uh, Darren was talking about the Wild, who had to throw like five guys from the from the minors into a lineup because they didn't have enough guys that weren't on the COVID list. Uh, the Golden Knights had to play without all of their coaches one game. They've had to play without players here and there for for much of the season. So everybody has to go through this, and everybody has to deal with it. Uh, the Canucks had a longer stretch than than any other team. Uh, they've missed the most games. They had the most guys out. We get all that. Um, also, they're probably, I'm going to assume, there's a couple guys, at least here and there, that maybe have conditioning issues based on having COVID and, and what that could do to, uh, you know, to your ability to breathe and everything else. So, uh, yeah, I get why they wouldn't want to play or why they wouldn't want to come back very soon. But in the end, like, if every other team has to play, you have to play. And if you've got enough players to take the ice, like, I'm sorry that you're in a playoff race and these are going to be more impactful than other teams' missed games are, but... You know, you are the ones that put yourself in this position by somehow somebody was exposed, somebody got it, and somebody brought it to the rest of the team. And so you have to kind of deal with this. And it sucks that you have to deal with it, but every team has to go through something. And yeah, yours is the worst. But, you know, other teams have had bad situations too, and they've had to get through it. So you kind of have to as well and get out on the ice. Now, in the end, it's only two games because, or two days, because they are going to come back Sunday, it looks like, and try to play. Uh, and probably jam in a whole bunch of games. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, they want to be as close to full strength as possible. But other teams now are going to have to jam in games of their schedule too to get them played since you've been out for so long. So you're, impact, you're impacting other teams. Other teams are going to have that same wild, crazy schedule that you do because you put them in this spot. And by the way, just as a head, heads up, Colorado's going through it. They've got a couple games coming up with the Golden Knights, and it's not too far on the horizon. Number one. Colorado is not going to be on the ice until at the earliest next Thursday. Uh, they have three games that have been postponed because of multiple positives within that team. Uh, Philip Grubauer, their starting goaltender, along with at least two other players, have uh, been placed into the NHL's COVID protocol. And that's what we have spent the bulk of our show talking about today, uh, not just because of the interview that we've been referencing between Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Anthony Fauci slash Fauci, but because we are at an interesting point here in Nevada where Governor Steve Sisolak has decided that as of June 1st, full capacity is going to be allowed again here in Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to see it at T-Mobile Arena for UFC. We're going to see it at Allegiant Stadium uh, for concerts. Uh, every county in the state by June 1st is going to have the option to go to 100% capacity, and a lot of it is on the idea of the vaccines for COVID-19 are being widely distributed, that people have access to them, and that it's going to be basically anybody 16 and over is going to have access to the vaccine. And so this interview that we've been playing throughout the show between uh, Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Anthony Fauci does a very good job of breaking down why it's not a sure thing that when we reopen, that as many people as they think are going to be vaccinated are going to be vaccinated. And there are very valid reasons why some people have hesitation. And Marshawn Lynch, I thought, did a very good job of explaining why. Those health conditions in which you just put out there is the bigger, um, the bigger problem for, you know, individuals within my community. But then that only goes back to why they are actually in that community anyway, when you talk about obesity, di uh, diabetes, because of the type of 
that's in our communities. That's, those are the things in which we have access to. So there's no way in for us to, you know, counteract those medical conditions when that's what's at our fingertips, that's what's at our, you know, our disposal. So when we get put into those positions, it's like we already at the, we back at the, at the, uh, at the, uh, at the, at the dice game, and I'm trying to roll a 7-Eleven on the first roll because I want to win. What do you think, Adam? I was just trying to put the dice game analogy together. I like it, but I'm, I can't quite grasp it. It's, it was, it's solid. I, I get what he's saying. Um, and, and I've, listen, what Marshawn Lynch is saying is absolutely correct. And I've heard people kind of strike back on this. It, you're wrong. If you don't understand what he's saying, you are wrong. And and it's, you know, go into, you know, go into some of the neighborhoods that he's talking about sometimes. Do you see a Whole Foods there? Do you see a Trader Joe's there? Or do you see a, you know, you know, like a, a convenience store, like a liquor store that also has some food in it? Do you see, you know, the, you know, the local store that just, like that, that is on a basic level. Like this is not... I'm not saying that's the whole issue. I'm saying like that, that uh, at the very basic, simple, simple level, that is the start of some of the health problems that are being discussed in this interview. And that is, you know, why is why are poor populations, why are minority populations more vulnerable to a disease like this? And it it starts with, like all along the way. It's medical care uh, that is not not equal in different different parts of the country, different areas of of a city. It's access to food and um, better food and produce and, and fresher produce and all those things. It's it's the inequity that starts there that starts to lead to these problems. And if when you don't understand that, like that is kind of a problem that you don't get the basics of that. It, when we said at the top of this show that this was going to be real talk, that right there that you just heard from Marshawn Lynch is as real as the real talk is going to get. Because he talks about the cycle that led to this situation and if you ever watched Marshawn Lynch and didn't understand where he was coming from uh, listen to this and you will understand exactly where Marshawn Lynch is coming from he is coming from the housing projects in Oakland he is someone who made his way out through athletic ability and if you don't know clearly is someone who is a very intelligent, very thoughtful, very committed human being. This is a guy who is not just talking about carrying this message back to Oakland, and he's not going to send a memo. He's not going to drop a flyer on the telephone (laughs) pole. He is going to be driving around the community, passing the message on from Dr. Fauci, trying to get more information, and he says very clearly multiple times he's not going to push anybody he's not going to tell anybody you should go get the shot which dr fauci i don't think got at the beginning of the interview i think dr fauci thought this was going to be marshawn at some point saying hey you know what (laughs) i hear you african-american people listen to me marshawn lynch go get the shot no marshawn lynch was very clear about the fact that i am going to help people learn a bit more and i'm going to speak to them in a way that they're going to understand and basically dr fauci i am going to translate you as best i can but i'm going to do it in a way where i put some hard questions to you first and say you know what why should i trust you i want to trust you i want to be healthy i want to get better i want to finish first 
We're not done with this interview. We have plenty more coming uh, here over the next 20 minutes between Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Anthony Fauci slash Fauci here on Cofield Company. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. That's when it just clicked in my mind that if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Count me among the many who would not want to try to tackle Marshawn Lynch over and over and over and over again. Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Adam's family edition of Cofield and Company. And I just want to kind of reset for people who came into the middle of the Marshawn and Dr. Fauci interview during the 5 o'clock hour, this is not a medical show. But when we talk about sports and we talk about the COVID-19 vaccine, we are talking about 20,000 people at a UFC event. We are talking about, do you get to go to Raiders games next year? We are talking about, does T-Mobile get to full capacity for the Golden Knights playoffs? So when we talk about vaccinations this is not you know a a preachy thing i mean it look all three of us we've received our shots let that speak for itself any way you want but marshawn lynch and dr anthony fauci have discussed this in a very different way in this half hour interview that came out today that marshawn arranged this is through beast mode productions this is not something that was set up through the government marshawn lynch has this through his own production company it is just a fascinating half hour conversation and part of it that i found super fascinating was marshawn kind of going a little bit into the history as people in his community understand it with not just this vaccine but other health crises in the past i have this this thought of like okay we have we have uh you know the coronavirus going on we have you know a lot of those medical conditions that uh, we have going on, but we're just trying to attack, not attack, but we're trying to repair one of those situations, which I mean, is like, you know, putting a Band-Aid, you know, on a gunshot wound, that's just not gonna work. And I mean, like I said, I wanna see my people last, you know, last long, not come in last. And it just seemed like in any type of situation in which we think about it, we always at the ass end of, of everything. And now that there's a vaccination for uh, the coronavirus, it's like we're trying to push the African-American and the, 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 uh, the Hispanics and the Browns to the front of the line. Like, hey, go and get this uh, vaccination. It's free. You know, uh, we're going we're gonna to make sure that you, uh, we're going to put them in areas to where, you know, it's accessible, accessible to you so you could get there to be able to make sure that you, you know, you are able to get it. And it's more so just like, why haven't this been the situation and uh, and the fight for us since the beginning of time? I mean, there's not a single thing in there that I think I can't argue with it. I don't think anybody should argue with it. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is 
being as real as you can be about the fact that there are any number of people who are hesitant about the vaccine right now who are saying, wait a minute, whether it was AIDS, whether it was crack, whatever crisis you want to talk about in the inner city, you weren't lining up to help us then, but you're lining up to help us now? Why? Yeah, it, and the why is because if you get infected, then you're going to potentially infect us. I mean, like that's that's the bottom line. And, of, and why is that, Adam? Why is that? Why? Be, because the people that you're talking about, the, the people in lower socioeconomic conditions who are disproportionately people of color, are the ones who have to go out and work. They're not us sitting in our cushy office chairs doing our jobs right now, right? Like, these are frontline workers. These are healthcare workers. These are folks who don't have a choice but to go out there and do the work um, of keeping the economy and the healthcare system running. Yeah, no, no question about it. And, and I do think it's, you know, when we talk about that, like, the, it is more socio socioeconomic than you know racial necessarily but we also understand you know how how these communities are seen uh, on a on a grander scale and and you know we get that and, and so what marshall lynch is saying i think is is absolutely fair um and I, I like you said i don't know how you would really argue back against it but there you know the expectation is like Okay, well, well, this time for real, for real, this time. I mean, it is just we're just trying to do the right thing for everybody. We're trying to move on, and I think there is there is an element of you know people that that don't agree with this, and that are completely on the other side, and they've made it political, and we get that, and they're looking at it and saying, well, you're holding you're holding the past against us. We're trying to do the right thing now, and, and this isn't a lot of a lot of issues that deal with race and socioeconomics and socioeconomics and everything else, like. Okay, well, you're bringing up the past things now. Well, yeah, it's relevant because the trust is just not there. And you can't expect it to happen overnight where it's like, well, aren't things better? Yes, to some degree they are. But that doesn't mean, like, you just snap your finger and, like, hey, forget the past. We're, we're on to now. It doesn't work that way. And so we build right to that conclusion. That's where we're headed with this. And coming up after the break, Marshawn Lynch is going to kind of lay out you want us to listen? You want us to receive this message? Here's, the, here's exactly how you have to do it. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. And I'm not even sure Ari meant for it to work as well as it just did, but let me go ahead and pull a lyric from that song to go right into where we are going. It's not what you heard, it's what you're hearing, because that's where we are here right now. We're talking about, it's not what you've heard about the COVID-19 vaccine, it's what you're hearing right now. That's the discussion that Marshawn Lynch and Dr. Anthony Fauci, Fauci have been having throughout this half-hour interview that we've been going back and forth with all day long and uh, as you listen to this Adams Family edition of Cofield and Company here on ESPN Las Vegas listen to Marshawn Lynch talk about the investment that he has 
in the Oakland community and why he's trying to bring education about the vaccine in a way that his people can understand back to Oakland. And when I go back into my community, because, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm ten toes down in the town, and I actually, you know, have conversations with whether it's a, a, a crackhead, a wino, a, a, a doughboy, uh, uh, the, the mayor, uh, you know, the, the athletes, the coaches at the, at the little league team, the high school teachers, like I'm really planted in my soil. So when I had these conversations and these are the type of things in which, you know, gets them, you know, going or frustrated and what it really comes down to and boils down to, like I said before, is the biggest thing is which it's the education, and I mean, if if you're not a, uh, let me say like, if you're not a individual who speaks the language, you gonna get lost in the sauce. And that to me is something that hits so hard because the message that we hear in the news is, we'll get the real information, listen to the right sources, get the get the story from people you can trust. Get it from the CDC. Get it from news sources that are vetting the information. And yet, Marshawn is making very clear that his community, whether you want to say that is Oakland, the town, whether you want to say that is black and brown communities, they are having a much more difficult time interpreting what information it is they're supposed to be receiving. And Marshawn was also very clear about how that has to change. If it come down to it and that's what the government wants, then the government has to come and meet the black and the brown community at a level of where they are. And rather than just saying, oh, it's information, go get the, go get the vaccination because it's free, but you're not telling me what I want to know about the vaccination. And then if you choose to, it's in a terminology of which I don't even understand what the f you just said. So... I don't believe your ass even more now because you had the opportunity to come straight up with me and you chose to take the, I'm going to say the lower road because me and you are not on the same. Uh, yeah, not but Marshawn, that's. And Fauci, you know, to his credit, basically everything Marshawn talked about in this half hour, he, he acknowledged that there have been failings. He acknowledged that they need to do a better job and at the end of the interview Marshawn invites Dr. Fauci to Oakland and says I will take you around we will take you around the way we took Bill Clinton around and we will take you to the real streets we will take you to the real Oakland to Marshawn's Oakland to to get that message out but Adam I, I just can't overstate how powerful I thought every piece of this interview was for the moment that we're at in this country right now, which is, as I talked about with Cofield the other day, we all had that shared sense of purpose going into the beginning of the pandemic. Like, here's what we need to do. Stay home, stop the spread, wear a mask, be socially distanced, and stay away from everybody. Got it? Good. Okay. Do it. And then we closed everything down to drive home the message. But coming out of the pandemic is a much lonelier, much more individual situation to try to figure out. Well, yeah, and, and especially because... And it was at the beginning, too. But uh, during the course of this, it got so political and it got so nasty and it, sh it never should have. It never should have been a political thing. Um, first of all, I, I will say, because I was thinking about this yesterday, because I was actually talking to somebody from England. And I had referenced something about, you know, when we were shut down. 
And her response was, when was that? And I was like, yeah, you're right. We never did. And we keep referring to the shutdown and like, we never shut down. Other countries did. And people that make it political and they're like, it was about taking our freedoms away. It was about the election. You are a moron. You're a complete and total moron. Why was every other country in the world doing more than we were? And, and it was about our election. You absolute idiot. Like, and what are you saying now? Like, just get that out of your head. But we allowed it to get to that point of like, it's political, it's this, it's that. And so to come out of this now, it's now we're relitigating everything and trying to go back through it. And, and you're right. It was like this. And it, you said there was a shared sense. There was for a lot of people. There wasn't for everyone. Uh, but it, it reminded me of like, you know, we talked about this a little before. It reminded me like kind of like after 9-11 or after the shooting here in Vegas of like this rally around the community for a short period of time. And then that first time somebody cuts you off in traffic, it's over. It's completely over. Like, how did this happen? What, where did we go wrong? But it, it's the same. And, and that we can't, you know, we can't just say, okay, listen, some people think we did it right. Some people think we did it wrong. Some people don't think we did enough. Either way, we now are at this point where we have to go to this next stage. This other stuff doesn't matter. I mean, it matters in the grand scheme of things. And for the next time something happens and we can learn lessons and we can take things from it. But for right now, it's just let's all together move forward. And it's very difficult. It's not It's not the easiest thing to do because of all those reasons. Go listen to the entire interview, please. Yeah. Give it the half hour because it's not just like, hey, this is education. It's also entertainment. You are going to oh, yeah. you are going to enjoy your time with uh, with Marshawn Lynch and with Dr. Fauci, uh, big dog, as he put it. Uh, it is at ESPN Las Vegas right now. Ari deserves credit not only for telling me that, but the one thing that everyone can agree on, at least on this broadcast, Ari, who just got his second dose of the vaccine has been a grade A trooper today because he is suffering the side effects of the vaccine, which I will add are a sign that it's working. Uh, but Ari is fighting through the chills and the aches and the hard part of the vaccine, but very soon he will be out there, as Coach Joe likes to say, licking handrails with the mask off for too long. <laughs> More of Cofield and Company is on the way, live at the Golden Circle Sports Bar inside TI. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Take your hand in there, Dave. Golden Circle at the TI, Vegas Golden Knights in just a little more than an hour taking on the Anaheim Ducks. Get down there for the watch party. Check out the food and drink specials. Easy parking, easy in and outs. Uh, don't even have to go all the way into the casino to get to the Golden Circle sports bar and sports book. And all right, one more time, get in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. As I was going to say, get down here not only for how great Golden Circle is for all the games, the Fortune Cup Derby Deluxe game is really popping today. People have been all over this thing. 
Virtual horse racing. Now, is this one of those games that has the actual horses that go around, or is this just like video game stuff? Well, it's not like the the old Sigma Derby. There's only a couple right. of those in town. This there's does one down have, circa. Yeah. The, yeah, this does have more of the. It's more virtual, but it does have them going around a track, and yeah, everybody's kind of gathered around watching the horses go around. It's pretty entertaining. I like the fact that people are much more inclined to watch little plastic horses run around a track than actual horses right. run around a track at this point. Uh, well, those those races take a long time. This is like a 30-second little race. And none of these horses have been doped. That's true. All right, one more time into the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We've had some feedback on Twitter today talking about the pizza and mashed potatoes disaster of Out. Mel Kuyper. Um we have had a couple of people trying to convince us that it's okay to do pizza and mashed potatoes if they're not together, if they're just, like, on the same plate. You are terrible. Yeah. You are no good. You are not a human being who needs to be eating food if you think that that is something that should be combined. Do you understand this? If you go through Mel Kuyper's diet, if you go and subscribe to Mel Kuyper's diet, just sign off. Just sign the heck off. Just go to another country and live somewhere else. Don't be here anymore. I don't want to be around you. I mean, I was going to say that might have been our lunch in, like, third grade when you had, like, the square pizza. But I don't think they would go mashed potatoes with it. I don't even remember what they would put with it. I don't think it was mashed potatoes, though. What Certainly was it not milk. That is not a good no. combination. No, but that's what we would always have, the, the little, uh, little square milk with a little square pizza. And then there'd be, like, something else. I don't remember what exactly it was. But it was... It wasn't great. I don't think it was mashed potatoes, and I certainly would have never put the mashed potatoes on the pizza. No, I mean, look, if you didn't, if you weren't with us earlier, Mel Kiper, draft guru, apparently, talks about the fact that because he doesn't have much time between ESPN hits, that he's in the cafeteria and he figured out that wow, if you put pizza with no cheese and mashed potatoes together, it's a great combination. Listen, here's all I can tell you: if you get yourself down to the TI to the Golden Circle. Your food specials are going to be significantly better than that. I have to say thanks to the entire A-team, which, by the way, Adam, Adam, Ari, Angel. How did I miss that earlier? Yeah. Uh, Angel has been all over it today, muting the ladies of uh, <laughs> Virtual Derby. So thank you to Angel for keeping us from There's having 18 of them, by the screaming way. ladies all over the air. Yeah. Adam's going to go find himself a way to get into a celebrity relationship uh, with the ladies who are over at the Derby, I think that one in 18 is going to be your match, Adam, without question. Uh, they have to be a celebrity, though. There are 18 <laughs> women. Someone's an Instagram celebrity in that group. Come on, you be. know it. Has to be. Right? Uh, they're, they're, you know, come in, they're at least D-list, right? William Hill Show is coming up. Thanks to Adam. Thanks to all our guests, and we'll see you on Monday.